1: Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men Originals podcast, and it is my absolute pleasure um, to spend the vast majority of the next hour, ninety minutes, talking about Liverpool beating Man United um, alongside Steve, Ho, Steve Plunkett and Dan Club, and um, particularly Steve Plunkett, who was unceremoniously <laughs> booted off the final word show this morning. Sorry,
2: I. What happened was I, well, I thought I hadn't booked a second guest,
1: and then I forgot I'd texted Sam, so
2: Steve was sat in, ready to go, and then Sam. Turned up so Steve took the, took the hit, but in fairness, I think it's worked out well because having both of us on this show together, having just done that together, mm-hmm. might not have worked.
3: So I, I think I'm done in my check and everything, mate. You would live. I was there, tantalizingly close. One for the team, Sam, Sam Walker. Well done, mate. Yeah, you'll get
2: well, you'll get more uh, more people listening to this one, I think, or if you're watching it. Yeah. At least, so you, you,
1: you, we put it you on the main game in
2: Who cares, really? Not much it was only <laughs> yeah. the
1: best final word ever, yeah, but yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, it was good stuff. Ultimately, uh, all is well that ends well. We're here. We've got a fresh cast of people to talk about this game. We're all very, very excited. Uh, the kickoff question. It's a, it's a slightly different approach to it this time around. Uh, Theo o'Hare one of our club legend subscribers, has, has asked us to finish the sentence. Beating Man United seven nil
4: feels like. Thank you. Just perfection. Give me the whole sentence. Oh, beating Manchester United 7-0 feels like perfection.
3: Beating Man United 7-0 feels like as fucking good as it gets. Beating Man United
2: 7-0 feels like that feeling you get when you've just had a jolly good session
1: of eating Haribo jellies. There was an <laughs> opportunity there. I Beating Man United 7-0 feels like a mad Hunter S. Thompson style f- drug induced fever dream that i hey, Jack, them today probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I know happened and i you know feel so real and yet I'm sat here questioning whether it mm. could possibly have been real because it, we're not that far away from the world where we were like oh well i it, are we is this possible should we you know we gonna how's this game gonna go Are Man united gonna cause us problems are they Steve thought we were gonna lose two 0 just no say. never no never just lose no, never. Oh,
2: Go back to my predictions on both shows, and I said we was going uh, oh. yeah, yeah.
1: off. Off camera. Off camera. Steve Hall was not confident. I, I was, and I. So was James Yunus. Really nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Because you know, I know we capitulated against Real Madrid, but like we also battered them for a spell. And Manchester United are not Real Madrid. I don't want to shock anyone because they feel like they are, but ultimately, Manchester United are a Europa League side. That we have just battered.
2: My thinking was going into. I'll be honest. I was bepe- when I got here on the Sunday. I, I, was, I was a bit pessimistic, and that was only because I thought the the two main strengths that they had were counterproductive to our what I would call our weaknesses. You know what I mean? I thought I thought Rashford on that left hand side mm. um, would would cause problems, and I thought their midfield the would dominate, and neither would And um, Ten kind of pepped himself a little bit, didn't he? Like, why did you put Marcus Rashford up front? Like mm. everyone knows, a li- a li- if you're going to get through Liverpool, go wide. It was very odd that he did that. You know, bald managers turn up at Anfield again. It's another bad week for the ball, Another mm. ball He had a shocker. But this time it wasn't a ref. It would happen to just be the other team's he, manager. He doesn't
3: like that, that. certain people in the media are saying they're a cancer attacking side. He doesn't want to be that. So by playing the yeah. in the ten and getting people beyond him, he's trying to stop that feeling. But like Paul says, first half against Real Madrid, if you can re- replicate that form. Nobody can live with you, no. including Real Madrid. So so we've had a little prelude to what we might be seeing going forward. So yeah. You know.
4: He did himself no favours there in the build-up, does he, by sort of playing down the Anfield atmosphere. Like he hasn't read that playbook, has he? people talk about Anfield Stop before coming it, to Anfield, why do you always do it? Yeah. And then he's he's absolutely pepped himself with to put Reg Horse, who's like six foot six as a ten, makes absolutely no sense. It's almost ridiculous having Dan Burn at left back, he's just nuts. Yeah. But I suppose in his defence, in his very minute defence, some of his key players who you kind of rely upon, and you go, "They're your big players, and they're the reason why United have got better this season." You Casemiro, you Varane, at absolute stinkers. Lisandro yeah. Martinez had put in that category as well. Like individually, not just as a collective, some of their really important lads had horror shows. It's funny, isn't it?
2: Fernandez as well.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well Fernandez. Sticking him left
2: wing was just yeah, my, uh, Yeah, so he he didn't he did himself no favours. But I was worried that they would like go back to the question. I thought he'd go out I thought he'd go rash long and often to Rashford and I thought Casemiro would win them the ball back. And I was worried that they were going like, to counter on. Because I don't think we're even though we're at home, I don't think Liverpool would ever we're gonna take a back foot. Yeah against team selection told us that. You know, he, when he picked Harvey Elliott, he was going like, We're going for this. And I, I was thinking, oh. We might be vulnerable here to the counter attack, but if anything, it was a, it was another master stroke from the manager to put to Harvey yeah, Elliott on that right hand side as well. Yeah. He's basically gone not asked what Man United to and Rashford or whoever they play over here. We're gonna do we do the opposite. We're gonna pin them back by having Trent Salah, Elliot tripling up on, on Luke Shaw, who you know he was spinning around. He was on, you know spinning everywhere as well. Martinez couldn't help him, so I thought yeah you know, it's all about like everything about the game in terms of tactics and, and everything, or, or you know the stupid 10 hard comments before the game and him doing a bit, getting his team a bit wrong. But like, Yegon schooled them a little bit.
4: They did. Yeah. He, he,
2: he just said, right. Well, what's the best way of not of not letting Casemiro dominate the ball? Just find space around him. Don't go into his area. We'll play where we want. So Harvey Elliott was almost like playing right wing, almost right next to Salah. and he was saying, Casemiro well, if you want to come over here, sounds, and he, and he didn't want to go there, so I thought Jürgen, like I say, it, it was brilliant, and and, and he's, I fucking love him, don't get me wrong, but like, he, I think he absolutely schooled Ten Hag tactically as well, like Ten Hag made mistakes, but, in, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, we got the tactics board out in the little chess match, um, and Klopp doesn't get enough credit for that really, you know what I mean, he, he, you know, yes, the passion, and the desire, and the getting the lads together, and being a good guy, but like tactically, Liverpool exploited a, a big weakness in Man United, and like say, We'll see how they? The other teams will have seen that and gone. Hang on a minute! Why are we just playing the ball into the middle all the time where Casemiro can mop us up? Let's get him. Let's get him over here where he doesn't want to be.
1: United aren't there yet either, and no. they feel like they are. And it's hilarious yeah. because they could the complacency I thought they crept in and the way they were talking. What you can see by the pundits, you see by the fans. You know, they. I think deep down they thought it was time to this, win. They're exa- exactly, they're not the finished article. And so they're not capable of sorting it out for themselves on the pitch enough yet. And that's one thing. That's the difference, is that Liverpool, have, have str- some of the older lads have struggled for us this season. But we've still got them. And when they're when they're on form and they've got enough in the tank to be able to deliver, they're the kind of players you can alter how a game goes in a game because they've done it at the highest level in Nelson out. And United have got those players. But it's, it's Varane and Casemiro who are good players, really good players. But they're not Man United players. And overhand has been there a little a mm. longer hasn't he but they, they they're not I don't know maybe they're not enough and in additionally going back to my point they've also played a lot of footy in the last couple of weeks I know they don't want to blame fatigue or whatever but it's there we've dealt, we've dealt with it it's a huge thing they're not the finished article and it's, it's boss I
2: reference to a quick going back to like when you were you when we were on the rise with Jurgen, and we still couldn't win at Old Trafford, and it was a barrier we had to get to. And then when we did it, mm. we fucking did it, yeah. and we did it. You know, it, it yeah. feels, it feels yeah. a little bit like that with them, right like Yeah, they are on the way up, but like Anfield's a different challenge, and you can't just say, you know, like Tenago, same pitch, same like all that nonsense. You've got, to, I think, you've got to embrace it. and well, go I like, it's think it's they've different. lost.
1: I think they, I think they think that we're a mid-table team, yeah, and we're not. Mm. We're the team that was the best team in the world nine months ago, and I've, I've really slipped, but we've not. We've still got the capability on our day to get back up to that level, and and it, that our best is well better than their best, yeah. and that's the that, that that that's the thing. Sometimes that get lost in this <laughs> is that if if we if the levels were what the levels were, they should have that game should have been close. That because when we when we've been tro- we we spent ages just we called it crossing on the stairs they were on the way down we were on the way up and we just couldn't quite get that win against them and it was uh, the Shaqiri the two Shakiri goal mm-hmm. one that was a huge win at the time because we'd had loads of really close games they'd nicked a couple here It'd been we'd had loads of draws and that kind of thing and I finally felt like a watershed moment and then we had that last season at Old Trafford this result isn't a fair reflection of actually the level of both sides but it is telling that if United were as good as they're supposed to be They'd have been able to hold Liverpool back a lot better than they did. We're nowhere near as bad as they think we are, and they're nowhere near as good as they as they think they are, mm. which is which is where it is. Let's rewind. Oh, sorry, let's fast forward a little bit from the game. We will go back to some of the individual performances and points in a minute. But the last eighteen hours of Time of have been just delicious. Uh, mate, I've, I've, sensational!
2: All the content. Yeah. I've watched every replay. I've seen every meme. I've re, I've seen every pundit. I've seen Jamie Carragher's reactions a million times. I've watched everything. I've even watched my own reactions back, which is quite self-serving, but it, I did it anyway. <laughs> uh, seen uh, the merch? Uh, oh yeah, mate, We've, we've every, you know, I've been involved in every single. I haven't slept really. Oh, last night I went to bed. I was thinking, what are we going to do today? How are we going to, you know, what we're going to do? Are we going to celebrate? Just adrenaline. I got home and Claire was like, "You coming to bed?" I was like, I can't. Like, a bit of a mind, I got home at like nine o'clock. I was like, well, obviously not. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch some memes and stuff. And then it was like, it was like midnight. He went, are you still watching your phone? I was like, absolutely. And I've still got 55 more videos to watch. <laughs> I, I haven't even got to Goldbridge yet. So I was like, so I was like, yeah, I, I have been like, basically, like I say, it's not like, and what I love it I've seen the United fans oh enjoy your trophy or enjoy your bus parade because you beat us like we didn't beat we beat you 7-0 and if you beat us 7-0 you'd be doing the exact same thing so settle down you gang of man pricks and we'll let it, we're, we're doing this and congratulations you just won a cup and you're above us in the league but you are know, the worst Liverpool team of all time that we've been getting called a seven points behind just now and we've just schooled just by seven at our ground so you just all settle down get yourselves back in your little box and we're going
1: to enjoy this for a week yeah what was what's everyone's favourite bit of content been? That we've we consumed in that time
4: good so. question that, I mean the Goldbridge stuff is brilliant um, it's probably Lissandro Martinez running the wrong way, yeah. that's probably my favourite picture I mean I love all the Carragher stuff but Steve's absolutely right, you just got to enjoy these moments because what you're in it for ultimately isn't it? this is why we love this sport, this is why we love Liverpool Football Club trophies are boss but games like this don't come around all that often so, yeah. but yeah for me it probably is anything Lissandro Martinez related
2: him looking the wrong way is special. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. special. Yeah, he's yeah. fully running. As I tweeted, he's tracking a runner, but it's like a runner down the road somewhere. <laughs> he's like nowhere near where <laughs> he should be. Yeah, absolutely nowhere I loved near. Errol by the
2: way saying it. Was uh, when, when when in the first goal? He said, you know, Rafa Rafa Lango sent for a French baguette, and he's just like sliding off the screen in yeah. slow motion. That was that, that was awesome. I've loved Trent putting the crown on Salah's head. That yeah, like, yeah, picture, that's yeah. incredible. I go back to like I say, I've enjoyed my reaction. I've enjoyed. I, I didn't realise ever'll kissed me. Someone messaged me going, did Errol kiss you? I was like, he fucking didn't. And since I've s i found the video Errol did kiss me.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, which um it wasn't consensual, but I'm not complaining.
4: Have you seen Trent throwing the ball <laughs> at Bruno as well? No. So the guy I kind of, Trent tackles it out for like a goal kick to them and he's the one who collects the ball and Bruno like wants to get it back quickly for a throw in and he's like launches it at him like groin area, it's so good. You can oh. see Bruno want to go, but he just like stopped himself. And then he kind of manhandles the line It was a weird little engagement. Yeah, it but, was, was yeah, but Trent Father launched the ball back and him, it's boss. He's a f- though yeah you watched
3: anything good um you go back to the goldbridge thing you've got to love the empty chair that's class that that, that, that's
1: typical goldbridge isn't it i think Um, we saw the cracks in mark goldbridge's persona there a bit to be honest of like i think there's a bit there because look i've always said he he does pre he does pre-prepare some of his things
0: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend.
1: I'm not sure if he was a as big a United fan as he claims. I'm not sure he, <laughs> he reacts quite the it's way.
4: calmly. Yeah, Is that what are
2: saying? I, yeah. I, I did like the energy. I like the fact that he tweeted as well. Like him, um, you know, the, the, the lad who scores against us. We, you know, we should have signed him. and said we have got this lad from Burnley and it glazes out. I've loved all you know him. Um, Come back to get the yellow and gold scarves, go lads. Go and get, oh get the scarves
1: back. Yeah. Well, yeah. You were <laughs> tweeting that way. And stay, it's like, but I, I put that straight afterwards. Like it's almost before the, it was finished. Of like. You get the Harry Potter scarves out, lads, because it's time <laughs> to start protesting And I heard them singing about the Glazers. Uh, one, one Glazer song during the game. It's like yeah. they don't get it. They don't get it. If they'd won that game, we'd, we'd never
3: not
4: heard a head no. about golden green scarves, would we? we or, to type. Like that? Don't? It's like the playing team. They reverted type. They we reverted type yesterday. Then lot.
2: On the flip side, right, that Vigo's a shit. i will be complaining
1: if he play for us. <laughs> I think he's, well, funny, he's funny. We, we joked on. Maybe it was the biased fuzzy. Show podcast last week about how Ferguson come out and bodied them post match in the uh, in the League Cup final, which was hilarious because there's your all time greatest manager and he's going, oh yeah, really good. They need a striker though, and it's like you've just got a striker in January. Playing on uh, number ten, yeah, 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 yeah. He can't but move. He's a fucking statue. No, they're not wrong, but that's that's where they're at. And there was just a gate, a delicious irony um, staying. They want to call the we decided to move in case they got Cody Gago and he scores the opening goal and the goal that probably kills the game. Yeah, dead, uh, everyone assumed he was going
3: there. You know, we got wind of it, didn't we? We all had a little flutter and that. But it, the odds for him to go to Man United were evens at the time. So, um, yeah, it was de- definitely a case of, um, yeah, they thought they were getting him, we got him and, and we reaped the rewards of it. He was absolutely
1: superb and the opening goal was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed. I think it was Phil Blundell tweeted in response to a picture of like oh the, the butcher of Manchester's here and it's like the Argentina flag and the knife and it's a picture of um, of that that there at the back and it's the only thing the only thing you butcher is your fringe. <laughs> uh, which I was absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. Stephen Paddock tweeting about how they were, you know, oh, I wonder if the lads are okay after the coach greeting and all that. And, yeah, yeah. you know, when you bodied them after the back we of the I've that, seen people, it? Marcus had Rashford had
2: a tweet out a year ago saying who, who's up for seven or something. Yeah. That's been getting retweeted. We did I've it. Saw, oh, go
4: on then.
2: Yeah, if you want. <laughs> yeah. um, Bruno Fernandes getting skinned by Stefan by Chetich and just walking off, like, as if to so, say, yeah, I give up. That's been great. Uh, yeah, there's, I've, there's probably there's loads more that I haven't seen yet, but... I can't wait. I, I, what yeah. about
4: um, a Gakpo dinky-winky? Where we oh, did you stand? Adam, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, need to, I need to find that. It's one of the greatest moments. It's on, your, and... it's
2: on Adam Rose Twitter. Go and check yeah. Adam
1: Rose Twitter. So on, yeah.
4: on Gakpo, though, I know we've kind of alluded to it there. Like That was some performance from him. Like I think he's been very good since he signed. Like, I've been really impressed. Big fan of his. I called him the second coming of Bobby Firmino on the build-up yesterday. But, man, that was... That was proper class, like sheer class. He just oozed it, and to produce those two finishes just shows you he has absolutely everything. We've kind of praised his link up and his ability to do that sort of stuff, but the finishes are unreal. Yesterday,
1: yeah, I I was just made up with absolutely everyone. It was it's what happens when you get it all right at the same time. And again, Real Madrid game felt like a precursor to that. You know, we got 20, 25 minutes, half an hour, however you want to, however long you want to stretch it out for. Of when the team and the fans and everyone gets gets together. But the difference being that because we hadn't blitzed them early, there was still a bit to be fought for. And I actually, the, the really encouraging thing, um, Steve, was... I've heard people saying... In fact, I think it was what Dan and I were saying, like Elliot faded a little bit after half an hour and replaced mm. but Man United came back into the game. Is what happened. They actually started to get on the ball. We we kind of blew ourselves out a little bit. And the big issue we've had this season is when we've gone gung ho at something and we've not killed the team off. We've been so vulnerable the other way. Was actually what happened is we put our exertions into making sure the door. Stayed shut. That was my big positive from the first half.
3: Well, they had two real opportunity, two really notable opportunities. The first one being the Fernand- Fernandez header. If he scores from there, you have to put your hand up and say, "Great finish." You've no right to get it on target from there. So I don't, I don't see that as the big problem that the, the press and the media perceived it on the day, and certainly Sky Sports did. And then obviously the the, the Rashford one-way as a go first time, and it come, comes off the bottom of the stub plate, runs through to Allison. But the, yeah, we, we we you're right. We we gave it a go first twenty minutes or so, and then they sort of went. That storm. The irony is, just before we scored, Gary Neville's on the on the telly going. This is a classic away performance. You, you come in, you, you, you weather the storm, you nullify the fans, and then you get back in. Oh, it's one nil to Liverpool. It was it was kind of a Tim Sherwood moment. So <laughs> so, so you're right. Um, really really good performance. And they dug in and the fight was there again to, to keep United out because they definitely got a stranglehold of the game, particularly in midfield in the last 15, 20 minutes of the first half. Uh, it's mad because it was. I don't think
2: either side was on I think we started the half better and they were, they were coming into it but like no one had really showed any moments of pure quality there was I actually thought United defended quite well in terms of you know block Martinez we've given him some step before because you know we got spun like a top but before that he, he'd done a couple of blocks I think there was a shot that might have been going in mm. that he got in, in the way and he, he just stopped Starwin Nunes on that cross it's that over the bar yeah. good one as well so they had, they defended well we defended pretty well um, and then like there's two moments of you know Rashford has a chance and he bottles it. He does, but I think he bottles it because he, he, he's in form. He should be taking a touch there and and that.
1: Or, absolutely oh, leather. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just, yeah, he more just more, or
2: that. He just kind of bottles it a little bit and then the, we get our moments of quality and it goes the other way because Robertson's brilliant and Gappo is just as good, even better. And that, that's what you need sometimes, like I say, in, in these type of games, a real piece of quality against a team who's defending quite well or a mistake that's what's going to kill you. Liverpool, again, nearly made the mistake with the Harvey Elliott suicide pass. Mm. Didn't quite, didn't work out for Man United, and then we get a real massive bit of quality and it's two moments of genius really. Robertson's run just there, he, he, into the middle of the, he loves doing that sometimes. He just drives, he almost just drives like diagonal lines mm-hmm. straight towards like the the, the right corner flag because he just knows he can, the, the lads can run off him. The vision and the pass is amazing and Gapau's like, yeah, he does. He sends for him for for Le Keep and then just cuts inside and just bends it. It's it's a Sadio Mane esque. Poor the Parisians. <laughs> Absolutely, he sends him for it. Yeah, and then just like the the the, the 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 finish is magnificent. And it's, it's a it's a moment of real quality, and that, that, that's what you know. Manchester, to be fair, like I said, they're a good. Def- I say it's not after being seven 0 But generally speaking, the defense is a strong point of theirs, and it took like a real magic moment to get through them. And past the goalie, again, he was having a pretty good season. He saved quite a lot there. You know, he could have been seven lads in goal there. I think. I actually think Martinez might have been in goal at one point. He was on the line, wasn't he? <laughs> um, so it was, a, it was a true moment. And that, that, that's why it's so good from Gapo. It wasn't like, with all due respect, the goal against Everton's a tap-in where you're thinking, well, pretty much anyone could have done that, couldn't he? This is a real magic moment now. Oh, it's the moment that when we start thinking of, um, you know, if Cody Gapo goes on to have a Liverpool that we hope he has, we all reminisce of Sadio doing it against Arsenal on his debut. Mm-hmm. This will be the one that comes back hard. Remember Bagapo's goal against Man United. All the comps will be starting with that goal, mm-hmm. won't they? And all that. So, real moments of genius, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Gary Neville said, uh, "United is nah, nah, the nah,
2: best nah. team." Did he say like that? No.
1: Okay.
2: United. 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 The best team. In the it's round. a
1: fluke. Um, yeah. He, he, I mean, fluke. Yeah. Um, they weren't they weren't the better team in the first half I can I can can entertain that it was a balanced Mm. first half but I won't hear they were the better team in the first half um, Dan and it the problem is of course it it, it leads him to dig it into a little bit of a hole and then he makes he looks a little bit of a tip for it but I I was just generally pleased with how Liverpool conducted themselves it felt and a couple of little moments aside it felt in Liverpool's sphere of influence there's a couple of sticky moments where we i don't think our movement was great and we maybe passed ourselves into a couple of problems but the way we just composed ourselves Honestly, I, I never, I never genuinely felt like the game was on a massive knife edge, and like United were at any point really gonna carve us apart.
4: No, it didn't feel like that, and I can't really entertain that they were the better team either. I, I tweeted that we deservedly led at the break. I felt like that was just about how the balance of play have gone. If somebody was to sit here and say, "No, it was even?" It should have been nil-nil. I'd probably be okay with that conversation. Yeah. But it did feel like a game that was gonna take a moment of like the game has been like a sort of seven out of ten quality throughout. Both teams have made mistakes. Both teams were sort of butchered the final pass a little bit. what have you and Harvey Elliott is probably sort of the most worrying moment from our point of view, that pass he tries to play across the pitch, you just shouldn't do that, you can't do that, he should know better than that, he's more mature than that now as a football player, so that was the one poor element from our perspective, outside of that we defended pretty well, we competed for everything, and we were on top for the most part I would say, it was always going to take that one bit of extra quality, and it was us that produced it, it was Andy Robertson and Cody Gappa obviously, but what I like most about that goal, I mean the finish is, is high class, I've always sort of waxed lyrical about that, is the fact that it was Gakpo had gone out to the left because Darwin Nunes was on a bit of a poor half. It clearly wasn't working for him from the left wing at all. And it was like him and Gakpo had kind of worked out between themselves. Like, you have a go in here and I'll have a go out there and we'll see what happens because we were getting loads of space down our left and that sort of link up, that overlap was on all the time. Him and um, Nunes and Robertson just couldn't get it right. So Gakpo goes, let me have a go then. And all of a sudden, it just clicks like that. So that was most pleasing for me. Yeah, that was one of those things we've seen this time and time again. No, we saw this
1: last week as well in first halves of football under Klopp typically it's just about us keeping ourselves in the game dominating possession as best we can if we can score we score but if not we we keep it tight and Mm -hmm. then at half time we make a couple of tactical tweaks, tweaks, and then we and we go on from there. And Darwin Nunez typified that in a huge way for me. And I think we, obviously we kind of solved it in game, but mm. he was poor in the first half. He really was. His attitude was yeah. wrong. I don't know what was going on. And we, we and the guy behind us, and it's interesting because in the vlog, he, when we, when he scores, the guy behind me, you can hear him going, "See, I told you we should have took him off for of time. <laughs> <laughs> but he he, and I wondered why that was, and I and I, I speculated at the time that maybe he'd just been overloaded with a little bit too much information because they have a really good chance. It's the fact that it's the Bruno Fernandes header at the back post mm-hmm. comes because he switches off and he, he's back in the left-back position but he just jogs it in to kind of, and I I wondered a little bit, like he's great when you asking him to roam free and be wild and all that kind of stuff, but maybe there was a bit too much on his shoulders and the game state didn't allow him to do the things that he does, which is have loads of space to run into. So it was a a really tricky first half for Darwin Nunes, but pleasingly, in the second, he just got to be him again.
3: Well, if you watch him during the game, because he's an emotional guy, he's, he's all over the place, isn't he? It could be that the occasion got to him. This has been hyped. He wanted to prove a point. He probably tried a bit too hard. It, everyone's right. In the first half, you watched him thinking there were people saying, "Is he injured? Is there something wrong with him? Mm. You know what? What's wrong with Darwin?" And then, and then, as you referenced earlier on, Paul, that United can't solve problems on the pitch. Well, We did, and that could have been a Henderson, a bit of information, or a Van Dyke swap over. Um, and then, and then in the second half, he comes out, and he's like a completely different player. So, I think that's the roller coaster ride we're going to have with Darwin Nunes. In one
1: minute, you think, What what the hell's he doing? in the next minute, you think, Ah, that's magic, that's world class. I want a show of hands, and I want everyone watching live, uh, to give me a show of hands in the comments as well. Who was annoyed or worried when Bacetic didn't start the game? Oh, me 100%. I right, hand down a second. Next question. Who was annoyed and a bit worried when we chose to start Harvey Elliott in this game?
4: Worried. Only because Bachetic wasn't there.
3: Not annoyed, worried, yeah. 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 Um I, I thought it was a really bold move, and it's like you said before, signal one of you said before, it's signal we were going to go for this, and I quite like that. It's brave. And that's a word clock users often brave. Um I thought Harvey Elliott was okay to play I thought Bissetich would have replaced Henderson or Fabinho that wasn't the guy I saw him missing out to Mm -hmm. Um, so so I I like Harvey Elliott and as the game wore on that faith in him we all show from time to time proved to be justified. But but yeah, I didn't think it would be him that would miss out. I thought oh. it would be one of the other two. I thought I had no problem with Harvey playing,
2: but I was shocked that Pacetic wasn't even if he didn't want to play if he wanted to play Harvey, I thought well you could you didn't have to play Henderson and Fabinho. Oh. I just thought, like I think we all said we are on the Thursday night show again. You know, name your team. but Chetich is one of the first names on the team. Names on the team sheet. Rather, and again, it just goes to show. You know, Jaeger knows he's got this shit covered. Like he knows what he's doing. You know, he very rarely. I said this on the final word again, but apologies for repeating himself a bit. But he did say, he very rarely does this. But he, you know, in this pre-match interview with Sky, he said we set a record for counter-pressing movements against Wolves, mm-hmm. and Harvey was a big part of that. So he's explained it. He doesn't usually he just goes, "I've got loads of players and I'm picking the best team for the game, etc., etc., etc." He actually gave us the reason why he chose it. He thought, we're going to try and win the ball back high up the pitch, and I think Harvey gives us the best chance. Not only because he's a good presser, which he is, I don't think he's a great tackler, but he's always the second one around the ball. So yeah. like, it's like if, if Fabinho was holding somebody up, Elliot's the one who comes and nicks it off them, or mm-hmm. yeah. vice versa, Trent was doing it on, on Fernandez a little bit. He's really good at that. And secondly, he's just more, he's happy to be more advanced up the pitch. He's more comfortable up there. So you can go and press Luke Short on his toes, or you can have Casemiro going backwards rather than forward. So it was a really clever, clever decision, really brave one, like Steve says. And listen, he was he was fully justified, but yeah, listen. at quarter past three when we were doing the team news, a, a half an hour when it came out, I was I was, you know, it was a major surprise that Stephen Bajetich wasn't on the team, I
1: we talked about this. We did a Thursday night pints, and I proposed it, and I didn't think for a while that Jordan Henderson would be starting in the the left of the eights, To be perfectly honest, I, I thought it would be Harvey for Jordan. I thought Bajetich would keep his place. Yeah. But I, I, one of the things I was keen to point out at the time is that have, had? it's been in really good form for us. Mm. And it was a little bit, un- probably a little bit undercut by the Crystal Palace thing because ultimately everyone else let him down <laughs> more than ever yeah. he wanted to try and get that, get us back up and running in that game. He did well in
2: that game for, for the first time. But like,
1: cool. New, New, he had a good performance off the bench at Newcastle, good performance off the bench at Crystal Palace. He was good against Wolves all, all game when he was on the pitch. And I thought it was a, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you've got everything back up and running again. Not necessarily flying, but up and running again. You've got a little bit of momentum. Klopp builds that by going to people, you, Mm -hmm. I believe in you. You're going to go and do this for me. So it was a huge shout for Harvey Elliott. And the thing that, I mentioned this in my post-match video, but I was also surrounded by 12,000 people on the Kop, so I wasn't sure how clear it was, is he's a Liverpool fan. Liverpool fan through and through. And we forget that sometimes, that... This game means as just as much to him as it does to Trent Alexander-Arnold, and playing for Liverpool means just as much to him as it does Trent Alexander-Arnold. And people will be watching this at home, you know, you know. This it doesn't matter where you where you're born. If Liverpool's in your blood, mm-hmm. in that way, it gets into your blood, yeah. whether he's born in there or not, it seeps in, and you got this, you know, undying love for it. And Harvey Elliott had that, and, he, and what what I was saying, what what Elliott brings and Bacetic brings is energy yeah. and commitment. Mm-hmm. And yes, Elliott's not five foot ten or six foot or whatever, but he's tenacious. And it and as long as Henderson and Fabinho or the other two midfielders are bang up for it, then that'll work for us because Elliot's not gonna not get back in. He did that all game, got up and down all game long. If you can a if you get a chance to go and sober score people and look at his heat map. He's got the right hand side of Liverpool's team covered he's all over but he's mainly between the two boxes that's where he's that's where he's hottest um he functionally performs the role now you might bring Jude bellingham in and he is six foot two and he does have all the defensive attributes and all the attacking attributes and that's when you go up go up a level but harvey elliott is a little gem and he'll you'll never find him wanting, and we found people wanting too many too many times, and that was the thing that really I enjoyed about it. It was brave, it paid off, and Javier it was given the trust, and he and he ran with it. And we can remind ourselves again that we got a fucking wonder kid at the football club there, so let's enjoy him for what he is. I was on the
2: I was on the on and when the team news called the people the disrespect towards that guy, and I I was honest. I said, listen, I wouldn't have picked him, but you were be a knobhead, yeah. like some some people that the, he's, he's crap. He's never done anything. He's this. He's that. And I was like, not watching the same player. If anything, mm-hmm. it's the other two that you probably want to be worried about more this season, especially than him. He's been he hasn't been the, the problem. It's the other two lads you have, and you 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 made it the point before. Harvey Elliott though, can't have that type of performance that he played without Henderson and Fabinho in the team with him having a good game. Because if they have a bad game, he just looks lost. Yeah. Because he's never going to be on the ball, and he's never really going to win tackles. He'll be he'll be there to thereabouts, but he's not going to be able to do it. Because Fabinho and Henderson are, you know, again they're in the middle of. Pretty average season, or, or if not worse, on their own behalf. But like both of them were excellent again. We're getting. We, we, I feel like we're, we're nearly there with Fabinho it It's been yeah. coming for a while, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. He's, he was shocking for a while, and he kept coming off the bench and looking like he hadn't played footy before. And now he's getting better and better. and I thought yesterday he was he was back to somewhere near his best. You know he's had his best when he wins the ball up on the edge of their box, or they just can't get out. of you can stay, yeah. you know you can sustain attack after attack after attack. Henderson, you said he was playing left wing. You meant he he was everywhere. He was absolutely unbelievable. Jordan Henderson. And when them to if them to do the jobs, like I say, then that, that allows Harvey to go and be a bit more creative or go again, You know, he, he can go and jump behind Casemiro because he's yeah. not worried. He's made to box them off a little bit. So I thought that, again, the midfield, which was the the again, second I was saying before, I was worried about Rashford and I was worried about midfield battle where Liverpool comfortably won the midfield battle. Even that part where Man United I thought were on top. I don't think that was the midfield mm-hmm. that was doing well. Rare, really, I, I didn't see it like that at all. I thought the defenders were doing well. And it was actually the, the, the ball out wide to the foot and the, to Luke Shaw in particular where they were having a bit of joy going down that left. So I, I thought, yeah, Henderson Fabinho, and Elias, all for being on Elliot, awfully brilliant.
3: It is interesting, just your, your analogy and your summary of, of Elliot was spot on. With Besetic, I think there's a really man management element to this in that your rise has been meteoric and we think you're great, but hold your horses, rein you in a little bit, you're going to miss this one out because that's what happens in professional football. Don't get ahead of yourself, don't
1: believe the hype. little reality check will do him the world of good going forward. And in reality, we were, we are, we've we we got the subs now to manage a 95-minute yeah. football game mm-hmm. and so having him in, in reserve meant that if we needed to add a bit more steel, like if Fabinho's legs fell off, then you can actually bring bring him into the six in the back end of the game and you, you don't have to lose anything. He did do that, do that
2: though, yeah, exactly. I had to tell him he was playing number six. He was running down Skipping the right wing skin funny people people the yeah. yeah. there.
1: He was, he was a good when he come on as well. Yeah, exactly. And and so that was that, that that's what happens now. All of a sudden we've got players back available to us. There's there's a horses for courses style thing that we can do. We can make small tweaks. Yeah, you want you in, in in prime clop era, Liverpool, whatever you know, to use all the modern words. Our midfield was people. People used to damn it with faint praise about being very energetic and functional. All that it was a Swiss Army knife, but it wasn't like a, one of those ones that's got like a magnifying glass and a, and a laser pointer in it. But it had like a corkscrew and a big fuck off knife and something to pick your nails with. You know what I mean? You <laughs> know enough. It, it had enough to get you out yeah. of the of the of, the, of the, most of the standard scrapes. To be more now, you've got to have more strings to your bow, and you've got to have and because of five subs you can have the midfield functionally performs the same. So the Swiss Army knife all folds down. They all look exactly the same. They've all got that little logo on, it's all the same color. You rec- it's recognisable as a Swiss army knife but what we've got now is just there'll be games where you do need Elliot to play in there because mm-hmm. you want a little bit more creativity you want a bit more progression in how you're carrying the ball and how you're passing the ball and there'll be times when you do want to be a bit more stodgy or a bit more physical or a bit more brutal in which case yeah, change them around and do some other things yeah. with it but that was the best that's the first time we've almost been able to proactively choose our midfield in ages mm-hmm. and lo and behold we, and, and, the attack, and the front three and no, we all we we the man the results. that results. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, now I made up. I made up for Javier. I really am because you do. There's always got to be a scapegoat. So it's going to be someone I saw it again. Put it in the vlog, and instantly the YouTube comments is a guy going, "Never want to see Gomez or Jones play again." It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? We just beat Man United, and we beat Man United because we because of these players. I know it doesn't feel that way. It's more because Cody Apo scored two and Salah scored two. And no, blah blah blah. We've got a squad. You can't just have. 13 or 14 lads you need to have all these all, all these mm. players and look Curtis Jones has got a, a lot of catching up to do now you know in terms of his in terms of his career in general but and, and it's not totally on the side he's not even barely worth a discussion point but I was thinking this fun enough on the drive-in this morning we just need him to be Darren Fletcher he just needs to be John O'Shea he just needs to be a lad who's good enough to be at Liverpool football let's not worry, worry about all that and Gomez the same Gomez just needs to be our fortress 3 centre half Curtis Jones needs to be our center 3 centre that and if we can get to that world, we're, we're absolutely fucking laughing. Um, Mo Salah, Dan Club, Liverpool's all-time record Premier League goalscorer. Yeah, um, he's in the Pantheon now, mm-hmm. I, I, and he has been for a while. To be fair, of Liverpool gods, Liverpool greats. Um, it's just great to see him when he's like that. And I think the last few weeks, again, it's another example when everyone else is pulling their weight mm. Mo Salah gets the platform to shine.
4: There were definitely elements of that wasn't there but there was also elements for me of it didn't really seem to matter what was going on around him yesterday, he was going to produce a performance right out of the top draw no matter what, he was sharp. Some weeks you look at Mo Salah and he probably ends up scoring most in most of his games scoring one, two, possibly even three sometimes but he hasn't really played that well occasionally. If mm-hmm. He wasn't great but yeah he gets his goal so you move on, you move on. Yesterday was non of that. Yesterday was a performance that was absolutely 10 out of 10 from pretty much touch one from him. Everything he did just seemed to turn to something magical for us. He was just he was bringing players out of position for them he was making things happen around him he was lending it to Trent at the right time he was giving it to Gakpo at the right time which obviously was illustrated in the assists later on and I kind of alluded to it upstairs I think earlier on with you Steve it was like obviously Salah sends us Andrew Martinez and makes an absolute mess for him twists his blood essentially but how many times in sort of previous weeks would we have seen Salah maybe not at full confidence not at full tilt go himself in that situation mm-hmm. and it might well have ended up him having a shot We might not have scored from it instead because he He's playing at the very peak of his powers. Peak of his powers, bingo, by the way, in the podcast. He mm-hmm. manages to pick the perfect pass, and the weight is perfect. It was just, like I say, a performance of a world-class, very, very elite footballer. And we've seen lots of them from Salah. But very often we see, oh, yeah, get his goal, get his goal, move on. But yesterday had... Absolutely, even his strength—like he was winning tackles, he was holding people off. It was unbelievable. I think it was
2: the best game he'd ever. Played. I think that was Sal's I, think best game for right. the I thought he was unplayable. they couldn't get near him. They, they took it in turns, of kicking him. The old Tony Pura the old Tony Purist. tactic of everyone gets one nibble at him, so you don't get a yellow. Shaw tries it, Casemiro tries it, man. They're all booting. Him. He gets elbowed in the face. Yeah. Just gets up and laughs as a tar. He, he then goes back and chases Luke Shaw down and is laughing at his in his face at him. They couldn't get near him. He was <laughs> unplayable. And that second half, it was just like, I don't know, like, you know, on a video game when you when you, you fill your power bar up and you've got like max strength and you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm. He just, he was but un- He couldn't get near him. it was ridiculous. The pace, the power, the strength, the, the ability. The finishes are just in- two instinctive finishes. The first one, it's just off the, off the bar always makes it look better. He is just like, when he's like that, you can't stop him. Um, yeah. We haven't seen it enough again for a mil- million reasons. Some of it's on the team and some of it's on him this season. But I think personally, given everything that went on, I think that was his best performance. Was he scored? Isn't he? I've seen him score hat tricks. I've seen him score four goals in a game. But yesterday, Dan's right. It was the all round game from minute one. I can't think of a most solid mistake and error. A loose, but it was
1: just out of this world good. It's this season. Staying, I have to caveat all this with he's been scoring goals all season for us. Mm. You know, he he he, he scored. He's mm. had twenty two goals for us this season. in all comes, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> um, but. It, at times, it felt a little bit like Egypt salad that we've had, and I feel I feel like that's the salad we got back from the Afcon. And he's had little bits and pieces where he's been back to back to himself. He's got the instinctive finish. He's such a good. He's just a great goal scorer. But his all round play, it's that thing of like I've got to be the guy who does it yeah. instead of just being the you guy know, just stick stuff away. He's. I think he, what Dan said he feels like he's got to be the guy who dribbles past three and sticks it in because no, no one else can do it for him and he looks very isolated he cuts a lonely figure when he's playing like that whereas that, that's the thing Cody Gappo's making runs in front of him now and Darwin Nunes and he's getting that understanding and he knows that I'm going to give a goal because I'm going to get a goal back in return mm-hmm. and that was what made our original front three function was that everyone knew they were going to get a turn and Salah's gets to play now this like elder statesman of Liverpool's mm-hmm. attack but in a way that, like Messi kind of did, you know, toward the, to in the last sort of five years, probably of his Barcelona career, everyone else gets to do a lot of the do a lot more running and do a lot more of the energetic stuff, and Mo Salah just gets to take all the plaudits and score the goals. And that was, again, that was the best example against Manchester United. Of I can see a world now where Mo Salah's contract makes sense. Yeah, and it hasn't done for a few mm-hmm. weeks because as much as he scored the goals, he hasn't scored at a better goal return. He hasn't like. Got thirty three percent more goals because he's you know he's he's got a, a massive boost to his pay or whatever, but I can see well where you can have two or three seasons at least now, of these guys being the main guys. What it was like when we all pushed for him, the world pushed for
3: him to get player, you know, Ballon d'Or and he missed out, he came back from the AFCON, he never really found that form again. He's a guy who needs to have that main character syndrome and all the best players in the world, your Messi's, your Ronaldo's, you can go on to the annals of history, they, they all want to be the number one guy, the main character, and it suits him to be that. And you're, you're exactly right, that's probably the closest to pre-AFCON Ballon d'Or pushing Mo Salah mm-hmm. we've seen. And there's been times when all of us have sat and spoke about his contract and thought, he's getting paid an awful lot of money, and it's not the same Mo Salah. It's, it's probably been 14-15 months since we've seen a performance of that magnitude. And that's one of the best ones he's ever given us. So, so a real welcome return to that Mo Salah. And long may it continue for me. You
2: can tell by the reaction to the second goal as well. Obviously,
3: he, yeah. he knows the record.
2: Like, you don't whip your top off for no reason for, for scoring that one. I mean, why wouldn't you when you were like that? Yeah. But but I hey, giving him the crown, Harvey Ellitz bowing down to them. like everybody knows like they are in awe of this fella. They, you know, the, everyone talks about so well about him because we don't see the most out of the leader. We don't see none of that do we? but the, you can tell like, they do. The way people speak about him and the way they act towards him, he's just that everything about him. Is, he is, you know, he's high class. He's into, interview, yeah, I'm gonna go and we'll have a cup of tea and go to bed because that's just what that's me like, you know. What I mean like he's just he's a high class individual. He's the standards he sets himself are ridiculous. The standards we now place upon him are ridiculous, and um, he continues to meet them. Like I say, in a season where before obviously twenty odd goals and we were like. Mm, and we were all saying it. Uh, could, maybe Mo Salah's is like, no, "Don't worry about Mo. He's not Mo Salah's not the problem." You know, if Liverpool are functioning fine, you won't, you won't get no. There's no issues about Mohamed Salah. And I, I like what we've seen the you know the Salah purple patches. And last time it was around the five and the little old Trafford. At that point, when he was, you know, mm. the best player in the world, we had T-shirts with him on. We were singing the song, you know, Salah's the best in the world and all that kind of stuff. He has these patches, and sometimes it just starts with one of these games. And he can go on a little run where he'll have like 10 games or something where he's just untouchable. Um, oh, fingers crossed. That's how we do now.
1: Well, he's got 33 goals and assists in all comps this season. The issue has been, it's, it's the Premier League. That's where we've that's where we struggled and I mentioned this a few weeks ago. But, you know, we haven't had someone who's been just banging the goals. You either have one person who does it all or you spread it out a bit. And we've spread it out but not had the volume at the same time. Whereas now it just feels like it's starting to click again. Mm -hmm. This is just on Premier League goals. Salah's now got 11. Darwin Nunes has now got eight. Um, Alongside Roberto Firmino with eight. Cody Gappo, quietly, has got four Premier League goals for us Um, in eight appearances in the Premier League, which is phenomenal, given that it was only Thursday. I was saying, I'm not sure he's got the goals in him. Um, And, you know, we've got Luis Diaz still to come back into that, potentially. The one thing I thought helped the whole... The whole endeavour, and it was typified by the the response when he comes on the pitch, the Roberto Firmino news, I, weirdly, I think, helps us. I think it set a great tone of like, let's give Bobby one last big hurrah, let's do it, let's almost do it for Bobby. He's out there enjoying it. He's going to go and leave absolutely nothing in the tank between now and the end of the season. But you could see it in how he scored the goal and Trent's pushing him towards the cop to go and get his moments and, and, and then Trent's there, on the crown, on 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 Salah, and like the old school lads are all like, mm. you put their arms around each other. They're the core. They're the old. They're the old school, and then they're embracing these new lads as well. And Firmino, I just feel like he gets down to like, he has to come on, and get his name, so beam and smile when it when it's happening. We get three more months of a prime Roberto Firmino, and all the while, I think it just does. I don't think anyone's sad because the fact that he's going on his own terms and he's made it as clear a, a, as possible this could be a real a real negative it could be a real you know really really sad thing but instead it feels like a Potentially galvanize a moment for. Everyone. Well, I
4: mean, it, it was the perfect way to start your long farewell, wasn't? It? Let's be honest about it. I mean, to come on and score and obviously look quite emotional afterwards as well. And it was kind of it typifies the the player he's been for. Was the fact he didn't really want to go and take the adulation, like he loved the celebration. Let's not it's not shy away from that. But the fact that Trent does have to push him back to the cop, it's almost like, oh no no, we'll just get on with the game. Like it, the other lads have scored, it's like, no no, Bobby, you go and the thing if this is to be, well it is to be a sort of departing message now if you like, it it is a real opportunity for us to kind of go out on a high with him because it would be a real shame for his Liverpool career if we were to go out on a bit of a damp squib and kind of the season peters out so if we go on a run from here on out and do get top four, which is the aim now that has to be seen as an achievement for us, it's not what we all wanted but we are where we are but it's almost like do it for Bobby's sake like you say and the fact he gets to come on and enjoy that moment and get his goal is just like I say, it's the perfect start to what could be a pretty emotional farewell, I think, when it does come to it, because he is a modern-day Liverpool legend. There's no two ways about that, and we all absolutely adore him for everything he's given to the club. And like I say, I think that was hopefully just a small part of what's going to be a pretty perfect send-off.
1: Yeah, he was great, and it was. It ends up being like a magical moment. I wouldn't. I couldn't have handpicked a better person to score the seventh goal in that game. Mm-hmm. Steve, no. he comes on the pitch. You get him. I mean, it's it's wonderfully Bobby. You know, he meg's the goalkeeper for the seventh <laughs> goal. Like it's just yeah, it is and he will be sorely missed. But um we've got loads more games where he's got he's got a chance to have a real lasting impact on this season.
3: Yeah, and and maybe in a similar way as he was on Sunday in regards that Cody Gakpo is clearly the future and we need to build that now, we need to use the remainder of the season to make sure everyone flies out the traps at the start of the next season and we give the best account of ourselves early doors, he may well come on in cameos for the rest of the season he isn't the future of what Klopp's trying to build, we get that, we know that, we're very grateful for that, we want to see him, we want to see him before he goes, um, you're quite right yesterday, you know, the, op- the opposition the score, the seventh goal if you were a scriptwriter and you were writing the most yeah. fanciful of football matches, that would be his storyline him, wouldn't it so? Um, yeah, you're right, it's not, it's not, it is sad, but it's not sad if you can say that. You know, it's um, it's weird that he's going, but but we look like we're going to be okay with the, the people that are picking up the mantle from yeah, him, exactly. I said the only person,
2: the only Liverpool's later person who didn't want Bobby to score that goal was probably was probably Mo Salah. I think he wanted his hat <laughs> <laughs> when, 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 when Jota goes down, he's Salah's scream, he wants that pen, oh, don't he? But yeah, it was, I actually thought it again, it was a uh, it was just a reminder, like this time last season won games because we had strikes on the bench and we brought on, and we could change games. Not less than seven nils a freak, don't get me wrong, it's brilliant. But like there were games where oh, this this a bit tight and then you can just go to your bench and go, right, Diaz, Bobby, you're going on, or Jota, you're going on you know what I mean and we're there now. We're one away. We're one away for having six again. At I the moment, we've got five of them and that, that's really helpful And the six ones, not too far away. Touch wood. Uh that that could be that's gonna be a major positive going forward. I mean if you can especially with five subs, if you're looking at your bench I say so you say so you start Jota, Gappo, Nunes like you did yesterday. You can turn around. You've got so you start Gapo, Nunes, Salah, and then you can turn around and go right. I've got Bobby, I've got Diaz, and I've got Jota. Mm. Like first of all, you're never out of game. You're never thinking, oh, where's the goal gonna come from? Because you can look at you're looking at the three lads there who can all do something on your bench. Whatever way around you do it. So again, provided he can all stay fit and fire, and Roberto is gonna be six choice when Luis Diaz comes back. That's a great place to be in for Liverpool. If he's your sixth best option up front, you're doing all right, aren't you? out. And yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, we are now on the you know the Bobby Swansong song tour. You know, the farewell tour. Just go and play the hits like for a few more months. Bobby, get you know, do some more like no look
1: finishes. Yeah, yeah,
2: a couple of no look finishes, a couple of eye patches, a couple of yeah. silky samba skills. Give the ball only halfway line and go and win it back. Make us shit <laughs> ourselves. Or go play the hits a few more months. And I am with Like we'll see loads of twenty minute cameos. And i and What's interesting about his celebration? He's not usually an emotional guy at all. about like how he celebrates, he's usually like a bit of laugh. Mm. The eye patch, or he pulls his shorts down, or he does one of the dances, or he's doing the high kicks. This one was like pure emotion, Different, like like it? yeah, like a real outpouring from him. We don't really see that from him. Well, it's it, been an emotional week for him yes. because he's going to your manager and saying. Mate, I've loved it here, but I'm off now. Mm. That's never easy. That's been on his mind for a while. That, that isn't the decision that just happens. He's been yeah. weighing this up for a yeah, while. He's
1: been waiting he's been waiting for the perfect moment to have that conversation. He's probably known that for a little while. And there isn't one. Yeah, you no. Know, well, it's interesting,
4: that, sorry, it's interesting that a couple of players coming back from injuries is kind of the moment he's chosen to go and do it. He won a couple of games and stuff. He has picked a very interesting moment there to go and have Absolutely. The and and
1: against fans. That's what was so wonderful about the whole thing is we found it out in the week. Everyone was a bit like, oh, a bit down on Bobby Firmino. God, we love him. We all got to share loads of videos and look back at his best moments. And go, oh, God, yeah, I love Bobby Firmino so much. But then for Gakpo to come in and play like that, start that game, which sends the message that says this is, this is what the future is. He scores the goals. He basically wins us the football match. And then Bobby comes on the old master. It's... Um, it's, it's feeling, a great feeling of like, they've got this, this is okay, this isn't, sunrise, sunset, it's as natural as the, as the, as the coming in and out of the tide, you know, football teams evolve and change, but Liverpool remains eternal, that kind of stuff, as opposed to, let's use and Wijnaldum leaving as an example, which felt a bit like, what well, I mean, technically, Thiago was a replacement as much as people forget that, but, you know, when you don't, it feels, it, when the neck, it's nice to have the next, mm. ready, yeah. and already in, and all of a sudden, the Gap post signing in January now looks like an absolutely incredibly astute piece of business because we're not replacing Bobby in the summer mm. and then trying to go, right, here's some videos of what Roberto Firmino did. Can you try and do that, please? No, you get to watch him, you get to train with him, you get yeah. to rub off on him or vice versa. Um, yeah, it felt it felt naturalist for the first time in ages, like a natural passing of the torch as opposed to someone goes and you look around and go, fuck, Who's who's doing this job now that he's that he's gone? Uh, you, can you do the job? No, okay, well, yeah, yeah, so yeah, Yeah, very, 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 very encouraging. Um, Certainly, there's tons of players we could talk about. To be honest, we could do the whole fucking team to be honest. Steve's point's interesting about you know the five is a six. There will be a six if
3: you look across world football and look at squads. I'll, I'll challenge anyone to come back to me with a
1: squad that's got six better forwards in its in its squad system. If we there can keep one. if we can keep Jota fit, and that's a big ask. Cause yeah. He's the, he's the next mission is to get him a goal yeah. and get him back in the goals and see if he's still that. See if he can still be that main goal threat because he, he's a twenty goal season forward. Because of his lack of pace, I'm a little I'm a little worried for him in the long term because all of a sudden when you've got Gapo you've got Nunez and you've got Diaz and Salah there, Jota starts to look a little uncomfortable but if, if he finds his form, I, honestly, you let Firmino go for me and you've got five and then you either, you're hoping that between Elliot Carvalho and let's say Kate Gordon, Ben Doak, one of them is good enough to be your sixth mm. and then then you, you you evolve and you move on to the next
4: yeah, I agree on Jota by the way just to say as well I think his sort of his prized asset for us is just his instinctive goal scoring you mentioned sort of the ability to change games from the bench Jogo Jota is that for me because he comes on pretty much into any game situation no matter how poorly you're playing and gets a goal that's him at his best he hasn't done that at all this season quite frankly in yeah. the Premier League he's not as good as Diaz on the left wing because he's not as quick as incisive as Diaz and he's not as good as Gakpo playing the false nine because Gakpo's a little bit more physical stronger. his stronger, touches- a little bit better. So Jota for me has to find his goal scoring boots. Otherwise, you do start to question his role in the squad moving forwards. And I love him, by the way, but he kind of has to fix Jota that. Plays, Not now, but he does have to fix it. For me,
2: it. it just Jota plays in the games against the bottom ten. I know you just you don't need a number nine dropping into the midfield and win. Jota is just your finisher. Well, he's
1: just another he's just a
2: different and type of And he yeah, 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 he's brilliant. He is brilliant. He he he's classic. Like, he's just he just he's another one. He lost. And that's the thing with Diaz. We keep saying, "Oh, he's going to be back soon," but like he's going to be back, but like he's going to be back, back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? there's a, like, At the minute, we've got four and a half because is not quite there. No. So like we, we're not looking ahead of ourselves, but I've got no no, no question about any
1: of the ability wise. There's no question yeah, about those. It's back to the point though, of having lots of different ways to be. Yeah, we used to always say it was an old like wrestling, is you know talking about Ric Flair and stuff and be like, if the left one don't get you, then the right one will. But ours is the left one don't get you, then the, and the right one don't get you, then the middle one will get you mm. or. Then the right one will then get you. Then the left one will get you. Then why you fucked? And then we had a jotter and that was like four, a fourth guy who can do that. But all of a sudden we've got five senior footballers and then space for a wonder kid or two to come in and be a, a sprinkle a of bit of magic. It, we're in very we're a very healthy situation. It's, it's interesting
3: because you look at the dynamics of how the team might line up. You, you, what we might be seeing here is is it's between Nunes and Jota to play through the middle of the this point forward. You look at the people that we're looking at signing. It, it could lead to a four two three one for next season where we go mega attacking with all these guys and go. We're just going to blow you out the water, which we'd all love to see, by the way. Um, and then it could just be. Looking
1: when everyone's available, it's it's a shootout between those two. Yeah, well, there will be games where you you want to have that four up front because we're not going to have players and we're not going to play Man Uniteds every week. I'm sorry, guys. As much as we'd love to play Man United every week, it's not going to happen. Uh, so we are going to have to play teams who are good uh, and are you know strong defensively. I, I'm well aware that I'm saying this from us being below them in the league, but you know what? It, I don't think Fun. that's going to last forever. I enjoy this. I genuinely yeah. don't think that's going to exactly, be long, that was, uh, a long thing
2: the the Glazer protest they need to get Mo Salah protest because he fucking owns them as well doesn't he (laughs) 12 goals against them now that's that's incredible 12 goals in 12 games I think it is now Mo Salah against Man United just absolute you talk about you know, the, the big plays and the big games, there's no bigger game for us than, than that one is there only time and time again delivers hat tricks too. It's, it's,
4: there was a time when he got questioned in big games as well, by the way. I remember we I hadn't sco- well, he the hadn't scored
1: in United for a while and then he, he just 12-12, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he scored.
4: Yeah, some. yeah, yeah from a stupid, thrown in for the good measure That came as well, off
3: like. the back of the... the Champions League fan when he got injured and everyone was like yeah. you really needed to rely on him and he wasn't yeah. there for you that was his fault entirely the other <laughs> yeah he wasn't WWE wrestled yeah. to the floor with yeah. yeah. a straight right. arm was he
1: right sounds uh, we're going to move things on I, uh, this, we're going to talk about Bournemouth Liverpool I don't want to so we'll probably talk a bit more about Man United in the back end but we are going to do Agony Rant after the break um, we've got a very short advert break for you guys with some wonderful things that we think you should be drawing your attention towards we'll see us in a sec Hey, what's happening? We've got a boss prize for all of our Club Legend subscribers this month. Uh, It's been 30 years of Liverpool partnering with Carlsberg. They released the special edition Liverpool Carlsberg cans and we have got sets of them to give away. Eight, in fact. Uh, to be with a chance of winning them, all you've got to do is either upgrade your existing subscription from Club Captain to Club Legend or head to redmenplus.com and join directly as a Club Legend there. Your name will be entered in and yes, you could have these wonderful, wonderful beer cans in your personal Liverpool collection. Look great on a shelf or a mantelpiece or probably in your recycling bin. Um, Get involved, redmenplus.com, make sure that you're 18+, plus. Uh, only 18-plus people can win this and obviously be responsible with your drinking as well. But yeah, look
4: at them, are they magnificent and they could be yours. My Liverpool debut, a new series, exploring where it all began for a number of Anfield favourites. We had that belief
1: and nothing was going to get in our way, nothing was going to stop us. I was just fortunate to get my chance. I'm about to wear the red strip for the first time and play with
3: all the wonderful talent that I was in awe of. And the travelling Liverpool fans started singing my name. You can imagine how special that felt. Football saved
4: my life. It was amazing to be part of, of that lineup with that calibre
2: of players. I knew I deserved to be there, I knew I deserved that chance, I knew I was ready.
0: I'm Jamie Carragher.
2: I'm Phil Thompson.
1: I'm Martin Kelly.
3: I'm
2: Jim Beglin. I'm Neil Mallor. My name is Bruce David Grobeler
3: And this is my Liverpool debut.
1: Hey yes, welcome back. Um, we are trying to solve some tech issues. They're going to show you a wonderful thing that we've just released. Um, but while I while I frantically try to host the show and solve that at the same time, let's do agony rant. Um, I, I imagine slightly less things to get off our chest, but there are. I I've certainly got one or two things that I'm that's burning my adult at the moment that I'd like to do. Um, Dan, have you got anything?
4: I don't think so, mate. No, the only one I, I have got slight grievance. If that leaked kit last week is accurate, then. I will blow my own brains out, but outside of that, I'm quite cool. Uh, I don't know if you've, <laughs> you've got anything instead. With the, these are the green ones. The green and white, yeah. There's a couple of them which are, I'm told are, are fake. Okay. Uh, I'm going to need that not to be in Dekyla, is that right? That's no, right no it's that. not in Dekyla.
1: There's a guy on Twitter um, who is always the guy who leaks the kits every year, mm. but he doesn't totally, he gets a, a look at them. And then he normally passed that on to a designer who creates an interpretation based on what he's seen. Okay. And he said the two ones, which are like the mad paint, striped yeah. green things, are just not are not right at all. They're like, they're, it's what happens every year as well. It's why it's hilarious when you go on like the H-Gate in the summer and you can get not Liverpool, you can get things that lads on Twitter have just made up and mm-hmm. then someone sees that and makes it into a template and then starts selling it. Like last, like the, the white away kit from this season, there's, at the start of the season, I saw dozens and dozens of fake versions of that when it didn't have the mad pattern on it. Yeah. it like But it was a similar thing. But it was it was it was miles off. Anyway, I think you'll be all right. Good, I'm glad. But it. I don't know what it looks
4: like. It might be shit though. I'm cool then, lickers.
2: I'll I will forego my agony ranting. I'll give it to Jürgen Klopp. Okay. And I will preach on his behalf of the lad who nearly took Andy Robbo and Curtis Jones out.
4: Yeah. Jürgen
2: was furious, and he was getting, Horrors, yeah. We just scored the seventh goal against Man United, and the manager was going absolutely apeshit. Um. Yeah, stay off the pitch. Just, just
4: on that. I no, see. if you're gonna
2: by the way, if you're gonna if you're gonna fucking sorry, if you're gonna go on the pitch and run around and not uh, get yourself involved and sound, whatever, mm. stay with the players, please. Yeah. Like, don't don't injure us. <laughs> we, Maybe we, nearly we did, he yeah. Nearly took Andy rollers fucking leg off. Yeah, Jürgen was absolutely liberty. I've forgiven my um, my agony I've, I've handed it to Yeagan and I've allowed him to preach. Because that was fucking silly, that. Imagine if they took two of our lads out. Poor Curtis Jones, don't you just come back onto the team? He's got fucking stress fractures in his legs or something, and some lad just comes and wipes him out. With the team. It would be a
4: very Curtis Jones thing to happen, wouldn't it, if he was injured like that. I'd, Somehow,
2: now out for a month now, <laughs> like,
4: after that like, a clash of the that's it's, happened. But...
1: It's funny, isn't it, though? It's like, there's a mo... Because when I immediately see it, my first reaction is to laugh, because we're, we're beating Man United 7-0, and someone's just gone wild and just wants to go and hug the players but it's the perfect example of like why you don't yeah. because two, two reasons. Like again, the re- one of the main reasons why you're not allowed is just like, that could be fucking any lunatic. Mm-hmm. And, and and I know this sounds like the kind of thing me mum would say based off something that someone shared on their Facebook feed. But if someone ran on with a knife and you know what I mean? Cause you can, cause lunatic mean, like not to go all it, but like, to gun but like John Lennon gets killed in a crowd. Of people <laughs> what happened in the of tennis with Monica? Sellers, yeah, yeah she Exactly, savage, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that can happen, and that's why you don't, you don't. And I know it's cute when kids run on and all that kind of stuff. It has, its, it has its moments. And if he ends up in the crowd and he's just hugging them, it's quite a funny. It could be quite a funny little thing. But I mean, for an Alisson Becker, fell over three times in the game. Where, let alone some lad running on in He's his, 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 his <laughs> so sort of whatever, like you know what I mean? um, <laughs> Not, it's not, it's not a great look. um But I mentioned this on the last fan standard show, which is coming up this week, is that the this happened to adrian in the Super Cup. Yeah, he, he played, yeah, yeah. he played with like ankle strapping on the game after the game after Super Cup because some run ran on the pitch, slipped, and took him out. And like imagine losing Andy Robertson for the rest of the season to an yeah. ankle ligament injury because. You've just fucking ran on the pitch, I, and I know it could be a great moment, it could be this and that, but that's the, the balance. And that was, is it worth it? <sighs> no, I no. agree, that's a bit fucking stupid as far as I'm concerned. Anyone else?
3: Um, yeah, fans who take calls during games. I was sat next to a bloke who took two phone calls during the game, yeah. including trying to FaceTime the match to somebody. Um, absolutely bizarre, and then that stupid chant, who are you when when um, we scored against Wolves in, in the far in the up in the far upper?
1: Yeah, that can get in the bin, can't it? Yeah, yeah that absolutely can get in the bin. I think we had a couple of those where, again, it's like people I've done this a lot I've recently. I don't like to. It's not like a. It's not about where you're from or blah blah blah. But there is a thing of someone getting education from the cop. There's just things we don't sing as Liverpool fans. There's ways we don't act or behave, and, and it's like. Yeah. It's part of the culture of the football club. Mm-hmm. It makes us different, and you can't get you don't get to pick and choose. It's why you don't sing? Is this a library, or you know, is there a? F- oh, f- sh- or your oh, shit ass a goal. A goal, that's the worst. God, and there's it's and the worst. Uh, it's is, just it? there's just things that are just <laughs> well, it's just wool behaviour. You know what I mean? Or it's it's stereotypical, fucking modern football fan behaviour and, and that's what stands us apart is that we don't have to have the same identical things as, every, as everyone else um, so yeah it leads into mine um playing banners I right can I just can I come back on? come back on me please Aaron I'm gonna start this off by saying everyone has a right to protest. you can protest whatever you want fill your boots protest away why I don't like plane banners as a method of uh, protest, because protest has to be a two-way thing for me. You've got... And I know... And I understand that not people aren't, can't get to Liverpool to protest and that a sort of thing. And so you, you feel removed and you feel like you've got to do something to take action so you can get your voice out. I appreciate that. I do. I I, gen- I genuinely feel that. You feel a disconnect. And so, you, you know, you have to find some way to get your voice out there. Why I don't... I'm, there was a playing banner protesting FSG. It's not the first group of people to do that. It, there was one a few years back as well. The problem with doing that is that it removes people's right to reply, and I think it tarnishes an entire fan base with a with a brush. Or in or as what it's done is it's actually tarnished probably quite a few sensible people who've been swept up in a in a in a in a, in a thing and feeling like it's part of a wider much grander the issue than it actually than it actually is or movement sorry than it is not the issue. When you go to the ground and you protest, if people disagree with your protest, they tell you. Mm-hmm. And they get to do it and you get to have your beliefs questioned back. And then you get to go, hmm, based on the response from that, ah maybe I'm maybe I'm not right here. Maybe I'm maybe I've got the wrong end of the stick or whatever. And I remember when we were protesting Hicks and Gillette hundreds of people would turn up at Anfield and they'd stand there in Unity and they'd do the chanting and they made banners and songs and football shirts and stuff. And they had people go go back at them. What the fuck are you doing? Get behind the team, fucking criticize it. And they were right to protest because it was Hicks and Gillette and they needed to protest and we needed to get them out of the club because they were they were bleeding Liverpool football club dry. When you do play in banners, I get it. It's an avenue for it's an avenue for of expression and an avenue for protest. But it's it's, faceless. it's another faceless example of protest. That's my thing as well,
2: mate, is that, like, I think if you're going to protest something, you need to be at your protest. And unless it was the fella flying near the aeroplane who decided to uh, to protest like, that. like That's right, listen, if you're against the owners, your fault whatever it is, that's absolutely fine. But I don't think... I'm not sure having a protest that you're not at, or if there's a group of people who want to have a protest. If you're not there, I think that's, it almost cheapens it a little bit as well. Um, because, like I say, if... It's it just it's it that just means it, you, you, there's no there's no legs behind it you know what I mean fair enough there, I think it was crowdfunded I'm not saying or there, there was, it was well I, I don't
1: ultimately I don't know, yeah. I, don't know oh, I
2: think that was what it was but like that's sound like you, you if you want to go and protest against the, the owners or whoever it is go and fill your boot you are actually you are more than welcome to do it mm-hmm. but but if you're not there I think that kind of I don't know it kind of cheapens the message because then it's like well. Is there one person who thinks this? Is there a million people who think this? Is there a thousand people who yeah. think this? We don't know. Like there are people, there are definitely people who, who are who are in that camp of like yeah. they they are staunch. Like we will get rid of these owners by hook or by crook. That's fine for you, Brooks. I think they should sell the club, but it looks like they're not going to. I'm not quite there where I'm, I don't think I would be able to protest about it just yet personally. That's my that's my thoughts. everyone's different. Everyone can do what they want. But I think yeah, I, I don't know. Like, in general, I don't like I don't like playing balance for anything really. Sometimes it can be a bit funny if it's like you know, like if you if you even then no, not in fact no, no, they're just a bit shit. I just don't I just don't get the point because like I say. I think it cheapens your message because if you're, if it's your protest and you've got a group of people behind your protest, the best thing you can do to do your protest is to show your strength in numbers. Mm. Get out there with your banners, with your chants, with your songs. Walk out the ground on 77 minutes like people did for tickets. There's, there's ways you can do it. I'm, just, I'm not sure you're getting your message across in the right way by pay paying, paying one fella a grand or whatever to go and fly an airplane above above uh, above but what it has done it has got them listen it was it was on every journalist tweeted about it, it was in newspapers, we're talking about it now. Mm. So it has garnered it got,
1: attention. It got them laughed at by journalists is the thing. And it makes it makes collectively the fan base look a bit fucking stupid. Because when you start to go to external scrutiny of it, it's alright all well and good when everyone's everyone sat in little rooms or in Twitter spaces or whatever or a, in forums hyping yourself up and like you know getting yourself pumped up for it but it's then you take that when you take that opinion to the wider world the wider football community is looking at it and going oh what are you doing
2: Look, I, saw, I saw some people who, who were for it but I've seen a lot of people who, who were against it and I've seen people who I know would like the owners to sell I'm not going to name names because it's not fair on them because I, I haven't asked permission but like you were like I would like them to sell but that was fucking embarrassing that Oh, that was cringy. I hope like, oh, we don't do that. that that's what mm. that's generally the response I've because I think there are a lot of people who like, say the ownership is a big issue going forwards. But like, I know a lot of people who would probably maybe not join in a process but maybe, would maybe sit in a pool and they'll go, you know what, fair enough, you're doing it for yourselves. I know, I know personally at least four people who, I, who I'm in WhatsApp groups with who don't particularly like that. Well, it's only four, don't you really know, it's not a big who are like, yeah. But my God, that's fucking sh- that's cringy, that's cheesy. That, who didn't like it? So, but yeah, it's it, it, as a, as a concept, playing banners as protesters is just a bit shit.
1: Yeah, it is. And as I say, that's it's very modern. And it's not the first time we've had this for years. It's the same as like it's hashtags and playing banners are all the same thing. They're not real. It's the same as like changing the put a new badge on your on your avatar to to, to you know to say I'm, I'm dead behind ukraine it's like oh yeah like that's cool because we can we can we can have these things and we can generally tell the world or know what our stance is on things but this is like this is different this, this has got to go beyond that if you want protest and you want change it's got to be it's it's got to be physical and i know there's people who can't do it but yeah, you've got to but that's that's unfortunately that's what it's what it's going to be it's it's passive aggressive as it is at the moment, which typifies the whole response. To be honest, because the whole thing is, is passive aggressive because it's lots of snide comments online, and you know, and, and all this kind of stuff, and people pop, p- taking shots and stuff. But I I don't I don't like them. That's my ultimately my agony around this this, this, my this. play manners. I don't like. I just think I do. I think they're just. I think they're just an extension of hashtags, mm. which is to say, you you can't organize enough physical people to get behind something. So you've done something that, and it, again it being faces it could be anyone i know there's a general sense that this is people online but there's no and eventually proof might out itself people might have the receipt or whatever but i know but you can anyone can put a plane banner up i could i could i could get one over old trafford for next week if i wanted to shane Glazers in mm-hmm. if i really fancied it for a laugh and that goes back to it there's got to be there's got to be a face behind this it's got to be there's got it's got to be a real movement if it's as big as it's claimed then there will be people in liverpool and there will be people who are in travel and distance who are passionate enough about it to come because when there's not a million liverpool fans in liverpool but when we win trophies a million people will come mm. and line the street to liverpool because they feel passionately about it this should it stands to reason we should be able to muster a thousand people or a 100 people or 50 people together to go and be the, the the physical face of this rather than doing this stuff that makes us all look I'd be fucking it's not really stupid. in the room, is it? Could, because to those people
3: that don't need an excuse, it becomes a sweeping generalisation of what Liverpool fans think. To those people looking at it from social media platforms, and we've all said it, and it's true: the the, the guys that go to game are not the people that sit on social media casting judgments on everything that the owners do.
1: So, so I'm with you. It's a it's a it's an abomination. I really can't stand it. I just we'll never know now because the season's a bit of been a, a bit of a fucking shambles, and we don't know how it's going to go on from here on in. But it's interesting that more and more stuff's come out about like how they got pre-season wrong mm-hmm. and how you know, and, and and they're hoping to put that right this time around. And it does make you wonder that if they'd just been made better decisions in pre-season, would we have had less injury problems, which mean all of the issues around the transfers and all that would have been less exacerbated. Liverpool would have had a better season and none of this would have reared its head to the, to the extent that it has. We'll never know that, but my overriding sense is is a lot of this is just has been born of Liverpool not being good on the pitch because it feeds the idea that the owners haven't invested enough, and nobody thinks the owners have invested too much money, by the way. And I don't think there's many people who think they've invested an adequate amount of money in the playing squads. But when Liverpool are capable of winning stuff on the pitch, then you can't argue with the results of it. So that's one of the things that's undercut. But for me, on the whole thing, just to sort of wrap up for me on it anyway is like, I you, when you when you follow them up for long enough you tend to just, the stuff you just need to let breathe. And that's the problem with FSG is they very rarely do anything that requires you, well, when they, but that's your time, like, they do things all the time that require you to fucking stand up and fucking shout for it. And my God, we've done that on, on, on more than a handful of opportunities. But most of the time when it comes to how they manage the club, it's it's like watching the fucking clouds move across the sky or watching you know icebergs move around and stuff. You've kind of just got to let it, Play out because if they get it right in the summer and they go, but Liverpool are able to compete again, what's the, what's the point? What's the difference? of Them in a new ownership group. It doesn't make any difference to me anyway. Um, before we get into Bournemouth, I think, I'm, Aaron, have we got the laptop? yes hmm. so we've got some celebratory merch available right now not only have we got obviously t-shirts for the new front three we've got Cody Gapo, we've got uh, Darwin Nunes and we've got the King range including Mo Salah uh, we've got a magnificent 7 uh, t-shirt which is celebrating of course Liverpool scoring 7 goals against Manchester United at home wonderful stuff of course based on the, uh, the old western of course uh, and that itself based on the old samurai film um, there is that uh, there is also that's available I believe we've got that on a mug as well but in addition we we've got a brand new mug as well that has just dropped in addition to our since 1995 let's laugh at Jordan Pickford <laughs> mug um, the Magnificent Seven is available as a mug and we've got our Carrot Seven Nev Nil mug <laughs> as well uh, which has just this minute dropped on the redmenmerch.com. so I'm sure you'll have seen and we didn't really mention it enough the the look from Jamie Carragher on that cam that's watching the the commentary cam when he realises Neville's face and he just sees it as social goal and he just looks and he just smirks at the camera well it's that on a mug with the um with the the scoreboard there, it's the as well. sequel
2: to Ferguson and, and uh, Kenny. And Kenny. Yeah, yeah. This is the follow up. It's the it's the it's the it's the difficult B album. But I reckon we've nailed it. Yeah, it's, it's actually, yeah, it's fantastic.
4: Carver sees that moment, hasn't he? He's seen that play out in his head. And he's gone, this is me. Because just it.
1: before he's taken a selfie of him as well. When he, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. he realises, doesn't he? Goes, he go, yeah. he looks at the camera. realises Nev, realizes Nev <laughs> smiles, <laughs> and then takes and then takes the selfie. It's a glorious moment played out in real time. It's a it's a soap opera. Uh, Play up before our eyes, uh, and I was wondering the 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 original of this going back to last season beating Man United 5 that is still available on the store as well <laughs> uh, which is Fergie and Kenny which is absolutely great uh, yes they are available right now redmenmerch.com uh, if you listen to this in podcast form go and check out redmenmerch.com I have a little snoop around because we've got some boss stuff on there for some of the new players some of the old players some of the legends and of course if you happen to work somewhere where you've got Evertonians or Manx around you um, and you just want to casually sit back and have a little sip say nothing let the mug do your talking for you speaking of passive aggression if you're going to passive aggressive do it to someone's face that's what i'd say um that's the right kind of that's the right kind of at least they've got the right to reply they can call you a twat to your face uh, and you can just have another sip
4: or shout at a play in your twat yeah
1: yeah um right let's briefly talk then about um bournemouth uh steve plunk um yeah, I don't really want to get too into it because we've got a whole week of basking in Manchester United's defeats. But the next two games before the break, because obviously you know the Fulham game's been moved because of the FA Cup uh, progression from them, and we've got something like a 17 day break of football after the Real Madrid game. But there's a chance with the way things have fallen, you know, Liverpool could go into that break. It's a big ask, for a variety of reasons, we could go into that break in the top four and into the quarterfinals of the. Champions League, huge ask, but that's what that's what the next two games are for Liverpool. Yeah, I think the fourth place one's more likely to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, 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 we'll we'll you say that, yeah. Of course.
3: Well, well <laughs> hell of an overturn, wouldn't it? In the Bernabeu, that would eclipse them. That's
2: why he's the market manager. He makes sensible
3: decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like,
2: we're booking fucking trips to Istanbul. Steady, old guy. Steady, fucking guys That's why we had to get him in. He's a calming influence. Yeah, I, th- I think.
4: It-
3: <laughs> You've ruined me with that one. Uh, yeah, I think I think the, the Bournemouth thing is, is the big one, isn't it? Realistically, that's an opportunity to get into fourth place. We come back from the break and then we've got the week from hell, so we need to make make it count um, now. And, you know, they're in the bottom three, we need to go there, we need to focus, we need to get the, the result, we need to get the points on the board. It is a game that... They're all must-win games now but it's a really clichéd thing to say. You can't beat Man United at 7-0 at home and then go to Bournemouth and not get another three points. It kind of becomes pointless then, doesn't it? It we- also makes
2: sense. So you know, I, I don't really want to look too far there, but what we can look at is what that result from Man United did for the league and what the weekend as a whole... Now We've got the Bias Football podcast later where we can look at our rivals. And, but like the fact that Spurs lose, Manchester City lose... And then we go and absolutely. Sorry, yeah, Newcastle. Newcastle get beaten by Manchester City, rather, and then we can go and absolutely wipe the floor with Man United. Mm. Tottenham and Newcastle will be like, "Oh no, ah, for fuck's sake!" Yep. You know for that they, they've all been like, almost. It's almost been like, kind of forgot what Lip- I think everyone's kind of Liverpool in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. um, but we haven't done anything to justify, like, worrying them. You know what I mean? We, it, it's a bit like. I, I don't want to spoil it anymore. It's the recent episode of The Last of Us, but like, it keeps showing the door and you think the fella's going to run through it and he just never turns up for a while and then eventually like, this fella comes It's been a bit like that where it's, we're just waiting for Liverpool, we're just waiting for Liverpool and here they come. Mm-hmm. Here they come down the rails, oh and by the way they're about to get all the good lads back fit again and here they come and they've done this before and we've done this in the COVID season where, you know, Liverpool come down the rails and got there and we've done it again last season where they went unbeaten for the entire second half of, of the campaign in the league, like this is what they do yep. and so you're right, it starts It starts with United but Bournemouth, It's just it has to be a win. Because you can't, you just, it just has to be. You can't, you can't afford. We, we, there's, there's too many difficult games ahead of that for that mm. not to be. We have to win that. But t- I bet you Tottenham and Newcastle fans, in particular, and the, and the football club as a whole, are thinking, "Ah, fuck! It's these again. Yeah. These are coming now. These are coming now." And that that would be like it's a bit like when we were top of the league, mate to Man City with five points behind with a game in hand, and we drop a point, and they'd winning a ah, half. Here's these come now. Here's where they're going
1: to take their chance. That's what they should be thinking. We need to just get a run of form, and I, look. If Liverpool are a team that's going to finish fourth in the league, Dan, mm-hmm. we're not going to win every game between now and the end of the season. We're not. We're not. We're going to draw games and we're going to, draw, we're going to lose games because that's what happens. Everyone stumbles, stumbles trips and you end up just about dragging yourself over the line at the end. However, if Liverpool are just one of those are able to get themselves back to a proximity of the, of the level they've been at in recent years, then they need to, that's what I'm saying, we need to go and beat Bournemouth and then put the pressure on everyone else and be that be that like, just like, heavy breathing heavy running force that's yeah. you know when like trying to run when someone's stomping behind you mm-hmm. having them look over the shoulders at every given moment that's what Bournemouth will allow us, allow us to do yeah
4: 100% it will I think as Steve's point is a good one is when I made a few weeks ago on the podcast when we kind of started to turn the corner a little bit started to turn the ship around that teams who were sort of occupying our spots if you like Newcastle and Spurs in particular would have been looking over their shoulders just a little bit and going ah Liverpool getting getting back together down there that's slightly concerning and now all of a sudden that's a real concern for them I think because we've gone course and distance at this a few times before you mentioned the Covid season and obviously the league the times we've won the league or nearly won the league we've got this in our locker we've done it before they haven't necessarily it's like when Leicester were kind of occupying fourth spot forever in a day and then fell off a cliff at the end it feels to me that that could happen again but in our favour obviously and I think sort the psychological impact yesterday would have had on us in a positive sense for our morale. It might have also had a really negative one for United, by the way, and who knows what happens to their season from here on out. That's really interesting. Could I'm well sure. be capitulation. It happened in front of our very eyes yesterday when we dismantled them. But yeah, for me, Bournemouth already has the feel. I know it's only Monday, but it already has the feel of like an after the Lord Mayor's Show type yes. game because it is Bournemouth. It Bournemouth. is Bournemouth away. It's an early kick off. It doesn't. Feel, but that's exactly the sort of game we need to go there and get through by hook or by crook. It might not be flashy. It might not be fancy. Get the three points. Get out of there. Get off the south coast and get back up to Liverpool. I don't care how it looks anymore. Just get away. It's also
2: poor there, quick to say, is that. It's the it is the chance to go first, and if you be poor if you be rather, Spurs are, are then playing Forest, mm-hmm. having Spurs do play Champions League this week as well, so they, they've got that to contend with. Um, it's a it's a finally balanced finally balanced They didn't more pressure Atlanta. either
4: today on that though.
2: Newcastle then play don't Newcastle don't play till Sunday, and they play Wolves. You feel like they're starting to get their act together. So all of a sudden, you, if you win and you are in that fourth position, you know, it, we would go to fourth when we could be above spares on goal difference, I would think. Yeah. Go with spares on goal difference and then go, right, it's over to you, Sam, we, we've done our yeah. bit. Out, out you go. What you don't want, because this is where the area can often kill you, is if you go and you don't win. And then there you go, fucking hell, there's our chance, right? Let's go. Let's get let's get, that, let's get that game back. Let's get those points back and just, you know, let people are down. Let's try and step on them a little bit. So if you can just go to Bournemouth and do your job, which Liverpool should do, Bournemouth are terrible. And if you can go there and just be be yours and, and beat them and beat them well, it does automatically. It puts a bit more pressure on two teams playing two teams who aren't clear of relegation. That, um, and actually, Forrest and, and Wolves are in relatively decent form for teams down at the bottom of the table. So it, it is a it's a huge. That, that's why the United game was so big because I was saying, you know, ten points from the four games that we'd had was was good. That was top four form. But you can make it better by going and winning the, those, you know, those little bonus ones. Because everyone was probably saying. Maybe a draw isn't the end of the world, whatever. No lips just going to beat them. Yeah. So there's three, there's a couple of bonus points there. That those, those other teams
1: were hoping we dropped and we didn't. The thing that's important about this, and we have got a comment in Club Legend Discord from Titch Green saying, well, I was going to ask this anyway, but it's a, because it's a good point." Um, Jürgen now has the option to cater the team to the game. Uh, he's not had that all season. Stefan Harvey are in the team for the long haul. No need to burn through them now. Um, but I think that extends to the front three for this game as well. See, obviously, it's a week. So, you know, after the squad could be out injured by that, you know what I mean? Because the season's gone. Um, but with Real Madrid then looming in the midweek that follows, yeah. you could make two or three changes to that midfield and forward line and actually still be putting out a team that's more than capable of winning either of those games. Yeah, you could. Um, I certainly think
3: we will in midfield. I don't think we need two sort of defensive midfielders against them because that's not their strength. Um, with regards to the front three, I, if it were my choice, I'd leave it to start with and try and win the game within the hour and then make the changes 60 sixty thirty scenario. I think we need to put ourselves in the strongest position to win the game and then think about making the changes. If you go with Jota and Jota as a another gamer is feeling his way back into form and it doesn't work for him, the last half an hour becomes a bit frenetic and then you start to panic a little bit and you feel uncomfortable. It I've long been an advocate of winning the games and then make the changes rather yeah.
1: than do it the other way around. Yeah. It's interesting stuff though, isn't it Dan is that mm-hmm you know, there's a potential world. I, I, I do, I do tend to agree with Steers that you want to put your best foot forward, but not entirely certain, you know, that this also the point is our best foot forward can look at a couple of different things. You know, we might decide that it is a, a, Jota, a Jota style player will better suit however Bournemouth a player. You know, um, I don't know. Or again, you might be looking at it and going, well, do we need Henderson and Fabinho in this one so Bacetic can come back into this one and that gives Fabinho, because what I want for Real Madrid and a lot, We might write that off. You know what I mean? We might not go flat out, but having that break afterwards says to me that give yourself every opportunity there. So I want Henderson and Fabinho with as much in the tank as possible because they're going to be pivotal to us winning the midfield battle in that one. Mm. But yeah, it's nice to be sat here debating these changes to approach and all that because we feel we can win two games or well, three games in a week as opposed to panicking over yeah. how we get one team. Over. Oh,
4: absolutely. It's nice to have the options to call upon, isn't it? And to have these sort of conversations around who will be tactically suited better to that game than, oh, he's got to play because he's fit. It's like not last man standing territory anymore, is it? Like, And I actually, the Jota one's the interesting one. I actually do wonder whether this is a game you could get Jota back up and running for maybe for the rest of the season because it, to your point earlier on, Steve, if you do get Jota backfiring all cylinders back by some way, shape or form between now and end of the season. He could actually be pivotal for what we can achieve. So I do get that. However... I think I said it yesterday in the build-up show. I'd be tempted just to go all guns blazing for this next one and then Real Madrid. He's not going to write Real Madrid off because it's just not in his mantra. It's not the way he goes about things, and I get that. And fully, what he's probably more likely to do is try and win the Bournemouth game within the hour, then make his changes and rest his lads, your Henderson, your Fabinho's, and also do something similar in the burnabout, almost give it a go for the hour and see where we're at and then assess from there. And if we're in the game great maybe go again yeah. double down on a couple of substitutions but if not sort of peel peel your way back from the game then
2: yeah. like what Eddie Ard did against Nugent they, they went down to 10 give it a go we like okay that's done now. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I,
4: I, we get all the good
2: lads the, the, but like you say the, the fact that we don't play the weekend after that helps them with that because you can just go right listen we're just going to smoke these two for the last game give them three or four days off on all each before they get, all have to go Jets mm-hmm. setting around the
4: world to go and play uh, and none of, up, fans, way, yeah. on no, none of the Brazilian lads got called up by the way just on that none of
2: the Brazilian lads got called up to be fair the fucking surprise. They've been, he's been fucking yeah. useless but should, maybe after yesterday Fabinho might get like a late call I don't know <laughs> but it's it's an interesting one looking at ahead like I say this is the one where you saw so about top four form and like you know the results where you can get away with losing and you can get away winning and that. like Bournemouth away has got to be a banker you've got to you've got to go we say that's the I know
1: you, you do have to but the point it goes back to again great win in Anfield we need to sort the way this is yeah, yeah. this is what sort of the away form looks mm, like yeah. you need to take what you learned from Crystal Palace and go a bit better the way that we learned we took our learnings from Real Madrid and went better Am I right in saying it's, it's three away now isn't it
2: it's Bournemouth City Chelsea all yeah. away way our next three league yeah. games um, so yeah you, 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 you to expect nine points from that um it, to expect it is probably. I mean, you can, I'm hopeful of it, but you can't expect it. Oh, yeah. So you, you're expecting you want at least six, which means and the three of them just have to come up on. They, they just have to, and then yeah, you go. I, I'd expect to be Chelsea actually. To if Super to told away, that City wants a big one where you, you don't want to go into that one chasing the result that you've just lost. You know no, what, what I mean? That, that, if that makes sense, because um, anything can happen. The Etihad games between us and them. Who knows how they how they can plan out? So yeah, it's a it's a. I, th- I think the the way the weekend panned out, it's happened a couple of weekends now where we've had really good weekends where the, everyone seems mm. to be dropping points on the reds, just get the job done.
1: Well, that's why, we, yeah, all of a sudden we've gone from 10th to we're knocking on the door of the top four yeah. with... Loads of games left to, left to be played. there's the best part of what forty things, thirty nine points or something still to be played
2: for. In terms of the form game, the guy now over the last five or six games, like we're right at the top of it again, which is yeah. which is mad. Allison's only a couple of games off the golden gloves again. Also mad. The, the clean sheets, which is yeah, which is crazy because it was four now. was it on the bottom five, 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 five clean advanced. sheets in the Premier League on the bounce. Like yeah, things are starting to turn Liverpool's way. You like, the, 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 all of the that the mood, are is pointing towards the Reds. I, I bet now if you asked a lot of neutral fans who's going to come forth, I bet a lot like, of fucking Liverpool. Yeah. I, I think a lot of them will do. We, yeah.
4: Just to say as well, we spoke I think last week or the week before and here about our home form being pivotal to what we can achieve in terms of the top four. And we've kind of, we've doubled down on that ourselves recently. Our results at home have been boss. It is the away form has been a major issue. But to your point, Paul, earlier on about your top four form doesn't need to be perfect. If we can just win all our home games, <laughs> now, like realistically, that mm-hmm. might well be enough and pick up the odd point here. You're going to win games on the road. Yeah. But if we can just consistently win at Anfield, we probably get top four on the back of that.
3: I get that. I think the next four you want games more, the four? next four games changes your mentality a little bit in with regards to what Steve said. You don't want to be going into three games after the break, which is as we know, Chelsea City and Arsenal, thinking, actually we dropped the bollock against Bournemouth. No, no, we need no, to no, recover no. some ground. So the Bournemouth game is a is a win at all costs. Yeah. Go and give a good account of yourself at Real Madrid. Have the seventeen days off where you say, Let's 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 think about it. Possibly six clean sheets in a row. Two points off maximum. Go to the Real Madrid, give a really good account of ourselves. You're setting yourself up then for what is the hardest week of the season, yeah. where I agree, uh, Chelsea is a game we should be targeting
1: the victory. I I want to be sat here on mon- next Monday, being able to go better as possible. Bring him on, yeah. And <laughs> and the only way we can do that is if we if we carry a positive, another positive result at yeah, the weekend. And I don't think we we're, we're going to do it, but. It's hope is what it's all about. If you haven't got hope as a football fan, what's the point? I'll just give it on. Genuinely, off what's the point? Um, yeah. We had loads of super chats. I apologise. We've had some tech issues trying to get them up on the screen. So I've got one, the most recent one is from Robin Hood. Uh, four ninety nine, thank you so much, Robin. Uh really enjoyed the Bobby Firmino testimonial yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um and there's a bunch of which I'll read I'll just read through. We can't get these up on the screen, unfortunately. But um, Uh, Liam Bento has been a member for 25 months here on YouTube. says, my favourite content is United stand fans claiming that their players are tired, like Liverpool didn't take it to the final day of every comp last year and also play last weekend and midweek and then into this game the same as United did as well. Yeah. Uh, Martin Walls... um, Difference was we have leaders, they don't. Great point,
4: by the way. Mm. <laughs> really good point.
2: Daily, there was a fucking rat who it. Yeah.
4: yeah. Henderson had a bad example where, was, <laughs> you know, yeah, couldn't be arsed. Uh, Hala Madrid, and I want everyone to remember
1: this comment, by the way, says it's funny how you can never beat us, Hala Madrid. Um, okay. All right, Eric. Yeah, so.
4: people saying stuff before the bug game doesn't often come back to bite them on the arse, so yeah, that's fine. I know,
1: and there's no, there's no <laughs> form for Real Madrid giving it to Billy Biggins before uh,
4: before the Real
1: Madrid game as well. Yeah. In there. So, um,
3: uh-huh. all, all comments like that should be made to read Sergio Busquets' last week. Yeah, tweet. they should. Yeah. <laughs> Marley
1: Clark says, imagine being Harvey 7-0 over the Manx. Come on, Reds, absolutely. Uh, Will Smith asks the question, why can't we ever beat Real Madrid, though?
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, um, bridge we get to have my eyes, 7-0. Yeah. Fucking shut up.
1: Ashby, uh, <laughs> I'm loving how salty United fans are. Mr. and calling it our cup final whilst looking like he's had the worst Day of his life warmed my heart. I know seeing <laughs> Steve Housen and i friends before. I, 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 me and Steve have got a good relationship. He's a good, he's, a, he's a, actually a good fella when he, we're not talking about Liverpool and Man United. Uh, but seeing him upset because he's the yeah. ultimate face of the Manx, like Adam McCollar, you know, you know, I, I, have you know, got a similar relationship, better relationship with Adam Gold, but similarly the fact that Housen is a Manx makes it all the sweeter because we're just too. Diametrically opposed peoples, the Manx and the scouts are so seeing upset Manx in that regard. Oh, yes. Might as well be Celtic. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Uh, right. Okay. Just quickly before we head off, we have got the bias football podcast to come immediately after this on RedmenPlus.com. Uh, we are going to be looking at some of the action from the weekend. We're going to be talking Arsenal's last gasp winner. And we're going to talk about Man City really giving it their all in the title race and how that's probably giving them both loads of stress, which is kind of nice watching other people go through that, not us. Although I'd quite rather it be us. Um, we're going to have a laugh at Everton uh, drawing to Nottingham Forest, um, not because it's, there's any shame in not beating them Nottingham Forest at their at their ground uh, the fortress that is fortress. They've lost there
2: since September. To be fair,
1: more that it is funny because you know the balance of the draws if you if you don't if you concede the last goal then mm. you've basically lost haven't you um we're going to have a little laugh again at chelsea football club and probably spares as well and all that good stuff so come and join us over there we've got a code for you guys uh, if you want to go to redmenplus.com click join today uh, click monthly club captain subscription and use the code biased b i a S-E-D, or caps. Uh, what is the offer, Steve Ho? Well, we'll play. I thought you were going to give something away then. Um, if you sound up, yeah,
2: you will get uh, £3 off a month for the first three months. So basically, you'll pay two quid a month. Two quid a month for three months. Get yourselves involved. So yeah, code biased, Redman Plus monthly club captain. And yeah, two quid a month for the first three months bargain
1: bargain it's less it's it's more than half price well effectively you're getting that show for 50p but you're not because if you divide the amount by all the shows you're getting it for like zero 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 point one pence or whatever but in reality if you just want the bias football show which is an extension of this podcast where those talk about premier league stuff Effectively, that's how it works out. So, yeah, use the code biased get a huge discount on your Redman Plus subscription, and also fill your boots on Boss Liverpool post match content. We've got the instant match reaction, we've got the final word, and the in the ground podcast. Three shows all there to just revel in the mank salty tears. <laughs> oh, oh, great stuff. Um, I feel so happy today, all It's so good. It's funny, isn't it? So good. I am your mood changes. Yeah. yeah. Right. That is it from us. As I say, plenty more post-Liverpool United content. If you want more, we've got you covered. Uh, do go and check it out. Other than that, have a wonderful week, everyone. And we're back with another Redmen Originals podcast, hopefully uh, with all our plans of how we're going to beat Real Madrid next week. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now.